Hey, it's Greg Harrelson here uh, with my uh, co-pilot and partner, Abe Safa from Myrtle Beach Real Estate TV. Of course, we are both, uh, you know, real estate agents with Century 21, the Harrelson Group, and just wanted to talk about a few things. Number one, the beach is now open. So we want to talk about what does that mean for the real estate market you know, that our city is starting to open back up. Another thing that's interesting this week is um, banks really are making a lot of moves right now where they seem to be tightening up on, um, on what kind of loans they'll give, credit score uh, requirements and whatnot. And then last before and not least, but uh, before we get off of, of this broadcast, we want to share with you the most recent numbers and maybe break down and give you some thoughts as to, you know, where, what, what are the trends? Where's the market going? And, um, and, and of course, where we are now. So, hey, thanks for joining, uh, joining with me again on Myrtle Beach Real Estate TV. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So the beaches are opening up. What, what, any thoughts? Uh, what does that mean to us? More importantly, what does that mean to our consumers right now? Maybe people that are thinking about buying or um, even people that own property that are thinking about selling. You know, what, what kind of impact is this going to have in the short term? Yes. I mean, what we're seeing right now, it, it actually, well, luckily the, the market never really slowed down that much for us relative to the rest of the country. We've actually had some pretty good activity, but there's yeah. no doubt it's been slower than what a normal typical spring is, right? Um, sure. But now that we've seen the uh, the beaches open up since last week, we've really seen a, a spike in in number of physical showings. Um, we can even see it in traffic driving around town. Um, you can see more and more people are in town. Uh, the hotels have opened up, condos have opened up. Um, now they're not able to take any bookings um, currently up until you know from May fifteenth and on is when they can start taking bookings. But right. they are they are open, and and the biggest thing is is owners of condos are, are allowed to actually come into town and stay in their properties. So I think that's where the biggest uh, influx of traffic has been from. Um, and with the restaurants opening, we're starting to see a little, you know, graduate growth of, of um, a gradual growth of, of uh, tourists coming into town and yeah. in the market. Yeah. So we're definitely seeing a spike in, in activity uh, in physical showings. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as we start to open up as a city, I think it's logical to, that we could have made these assumptions. And now we're seeing it as as we open up, there are more showings on 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 properties right now. So, you know, I just had a meeting with, uh, you know, uh, multiple uh, agents that are working with buyers, um, you know, right now throughout our offices. And they're all telling me, like you just said, increased showings, but even more important, there seems to be this pent up demand from people from other states that are like, hey, we want to come down. We're going to come down in June. We know you're open up. We're going to come down at the third week of, of May. In other words, they're giving us some sort of dates. They're starting to book again and they seem to be um, you know, on their way down. So when, when we say, what does that mean for property owners? What that means is during the last couple of weeks, 45 days, there's been a, there's been supply on the market, meaning inventory on the market, but less demand for that supply. Now that demand is, is not less because fewer people wanted to buy, it's because fewer people were traveling. So as people get more and more comfortable traveling, then we should see demand kind of pick up. And, and again, we're seeing that the number of phone calls that we're getting, from buyers saying, hey, I want to look at property when I come down in a few weeks. Those numbers have gone up. Current showings are gone up. Website traffic has gone up. So this can mean some good things. But I think we talked about that this in the last broadcast, Abe. Um, we do have a supply issue. So we right do. now, one of our biggest challenges is we have buyers and we don't have enough sellers. 
And, and, and so we, we have buyers, we're showing property all day, multiple properties, you know, to multiple buyers, but there's just not enough supply for them to choose of, meaning in some buildings, there used to be 10 units they could look at. Now there's two units they can look at or a residential community where there were 10 homes for sale. Now there's three homes for sale. And even with the new construction site, they're trying to uh, to get rid of their standing inventory so fast that even their inventory is down or their inventory that they can sell is a raw lot and then build a house, but that's gonna take eight, eight or nine months to complete. So, you know, these are some of the challenges. Are you hearing some similar things like that? Yeah, absolutely. And we're, you know, when we look at the numbers, we'll see it, it'll be reflective in there and you can see the difference between um, the, the new construction and, and the resale. But resale homes right now significantly down the uh, the very low supply as far as uh, sub, uh inventory per per month um, yeah. and, and we'll see that when we dive into the numbers but yeah significant yeah uh, but but the exciting thing is i mean there, there's all along we've had plenty of activity uh people looking at stuff virtually a lot of people saving properties what that they liked yeah. and now as you said you know we're starting to see those people that have been saving property the last few weeks are starting to trickle into town and actually want to physically look at properties yeah. So that, yeah. that, that's exciting news for, for homeowners, um, condo owners as well. Yeah, if you're thinking about selling, I mean, now's a good time. It's a seller's market. There's no doubt. No, I, yeah, no question. I don't have a crystal ball to tell you what it's going to be in a month from now, two months from now. But I can tell you right now that we have had, I, I personally had a seller where somebody made an offer. Let's just say the price was around 190 I think my sales list asking price was 191 or 192. It came in at 175 we countered back at full price and the buyer came all the way up to like 190. And it's like, so there's things going on like that that usually don't happen. Negotiations don't typically happen like that. And the, But the reason why it happened like that is because they were the only one on the market. The buyer wanted to buy. There, were no, there was no other properties on the market that they could buy that was a similar type of unit of what we had listed and the property sold. So those are good things. Yeah, the sellers have leverage. Yeah, because there's not much there's not much uh, options out there for buyers right now. Yeah, that, that, that's a good thing. So let's talk uh, real quick about mortgages. What's going on in the mortgage industry? Um, you know that uh, you know from a tightening up standpoint. What what are some of the things that you're hearing that uh, the 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 banks and mortgage companies are doing right now? Yeah, I mean a couple of things like really interesting happening. Um, you know Chase Chase Bank um, increased their minimum requirement uh, of. Uh, of a FICO score, credit score uh, to a minimum 700. Yeah. Which is huge because, I mean, they do a lot of business in the mortgage uh, industry. Uh, now, that doesn't mean every single company, every single lender has done that, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a start. It's a bold move. And, yeah. and maybe if it does trickle to everybody else, that's significant. That, that, that could take a big chunk of uh, potential buyers out of the market. So yeah. that, that's one news that, that came out. Mm -hmm. um, another one came out is, is a couple of banks right now, a couple of major banks, are really um, limiting the amount that some even have completely cut off the amount of home equity lines that they're willing to do on some properties, yeah. right? So, so one of the big saving graces going into um, this COVID-19 thing and the possible recession that people are talking about is how much equity people have in their homes, right? That's been one of the, 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 mo the, the staple that we've been kind of hanging on to that, hey, this is not gonna be a, a repeat of 2008 because 2008, we were all leveraged. There was so much debt. But the one thing that we keep holding on to is like there's so much equity right now in people's yeah. homes across the whole country. So when you start seeing banks doing things like this, um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit uh, uh, 
makes me nervous a little bit, you know, thinking yeah. about it. Well, yeah. well, well, so so let's break it down and say, okay, yeah. well, why would a bank, um, any bank, why would they increase credit scores at a time we know that we want to do everything we can to get people to continue to do transactions and feed the economy? And the, the answer to that is, 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 is simple, at least um, from my standpoint. It's much more uh, difficult when it comes to the banks and how they have to make their decisions. But just, you know, in a simple way of describing it, as they increase the credit score requirements, then they're decreasing the um, the likelihood of having future defaults on their loans. So they want to have people with higher credit scores right now so they can balance out their portfolio of loans and, and make sure that they have more quality borrowers in their pipeline to, to kind of hedge their bet that maybe there will be some defaults in the future. So we got to make sure we put more good stuff in, in, into our into our pipeline and, and into our, our portfolio to kind of balance out maybe some of the riskier stuff that we have in the portfolio already. The other thing you talk about, you know, equity lines. One of the things that people did during the last crash is uh, back in, in 2007 and 2006, seven, uh, eight and all that time, they were going and getting uh, cash out uh, uh, refinances. So they were going and maybe they bought a property for 200,000, it increased to 300,000. So they went and says, hey, let me go refinance and, and pull out $75,000. So they pulled out $75,000, which then meant now they don't have much equity anymore. They have their equity. They turned it into cash, and they have their um, and now they have a high um, high loan balance within their property. Well, then they went and spent that cash on a new car, on on updates on their property, maybe a ch children's education, and then the market dropped. And when the market dropped, then the property's value was less than the mortgage balance, and that's what triggered a lot of short sales and foreclosures. So, one of the reasons why banks may not want to do cash out refinances right now is because they want to make sure that people have plenty of equity in their, in their properties. Don't pull that equity out and spend it somewhere. And then all of a sudden, if the market goes down, we find ourselves upside down again in, in, uh, on our mortgages. So this would be a way to prevent people from making those same mistakes, which again, it, it protects the bank from having higher default ratios. So there's a lot of people out there, Abe, that are probably like, well, I could really use a cash out, you know, refinance right now. And, and, and there's probably a good argument for that. Yeah. But the reason why the banks are a little bit more hesitant is because they feel like there could be some problems in the horizon and they want to make sure that the impact on our overall economy and their financial status as a bank is minimized. Yeah, you oh, know, yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of politics involved and I don't know about that and can't get into that. Um, but there is some logic in it, even though we may want to do some things right now that the banks won't allow us to do. I think they have some logical positions and explanations for it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the part that concerns me is what are they seeing uh, down the road to to make and make these moves right are the, what are they predicting are they thinking a deep a deep recession are they thinking that you know what's going to happen in six to 12 months yeah so that that kind of concerns me a little bit now you know so yes. everything we're looking at in our market looks like a strong real estate market it should be a good bounce back especially for single family homes but when you see actions like that from these guys i mean they they know they kind of have a little bit of foresight about what's going to happen with the economy so that gets me a little bit concerning so me yeah. I, I, if i was a seller 
I, I would be capitalizing on that right now. And, and if you were thinking of selling in the next, say, six to 12 months, I'd probably move that up a little bit and, and get on the market sooner rather than later, um, just in case the market does go down. I, again, we're not seeing anything to indicate that, but it's better to be safe than sorry, I would think. Yeah, you know, uh, before we get to the numbers, I want to, you know, yeah. maybe share this too. Mm -hmm. There's, there's e economists and, and 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 professionals that really study the market. There's indicators that when we see them, they 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 tell us the likelihood of a market going in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I'm being very careful with the way that I explain this because it's a likelihood. It's not a, a it's not a definite. It's just saying that when these things occur then it usually means the market's going to go in this direction or when these things occur, the market's going to go in that direction. The key is you never really know if you're right until after the fact, right? We can look in the review mirror and say, oh, I predicted that. It's hard to predict the future, but it's easy to look backwards and say, oh, I was right or I was wrong. But when it comes to indicators, there's two types of indicators. There's leading indicators and there's lagging indicators. A lagging indicator, if we look at lagging indicators right now, when we say, you know, how many sales have there been in the last month in this building? And what were those prices? What we're doing is we're looking backwards and saying three sales in this community, average price 200,000. So we could then say, okay, well then our property's worth $200,000, okay? If we use that information, that is past history type of information. It's lagging. It's in the past. A leading indicator could be this. A leading indicator could be the new construction developers are now adding commission bonuses for all the agents and $10,000 in increased closing costs. Look, if you're a buyer right now, and you're looking for a residential home, I can take you to a newly constructed community. They'll give you $10,000 on your off your closing cost. They'll pay the real estate agent a little bit extra money just to bring you over there. So like going from 3% to 5% commission paid to an agent could be, that's a 2% increase. That could be on a $200,000 property. That's $4,000. So they'll pay $4,000 more in commission if the agent brings a, uh, brings you over there and they'll pay you $10,000 more in your closing costs. They're actually paying $14,000 more in costs just to get you to buy their property. That to me is a leading indicator saying, hmm, I don't know exactly what it means, but they wouldn't be doing that if their product was flying off the shelf right now. Then you got mortgage companies out there saying no more uh, no more uh, refinances or cash out refinances. That's a leading indicator that maybe they see something in the future. You got tightening of, uh, of credit. That's a leading indicator. So what we have to do as property owners, if we're thinking about doing something, you have to look at the leading indicators. You have to look at the lagging indicators. You have to then form, come to your own conclusion as to what that means to determine, do you want to continue hanging out right now thinking the market's going to go up or do you want to take advantage of the market right now because you think this is that the market could go down in the future? We can't predict the future, but those are the things you look at, leading indicators and lagging indicators. And, and I know you and I do that with our clients all the time. 
is we, we at least present that. And then we have logical uh, conversations about what's the best strategy uh, based on that information, plus the needs and desires of the client at that time. Absolutely. All right. Well, great stuff. Uh, let's dive into the numbers, I guess, because I think a lot of people want to know where we are, have April yep. finished because April numbers are out. So let's um, I'm going to share my screen real quick. OK, so yep. what we're looking at here, this is for the month of April. Uh, so the April numbers are out and mm -hmm. this is single family homes across the board. So this includes both new construction and uh, resales. And if you look for the month, there were 711 closed sales. So these actual sales that were already in the pipeline, they were already pending and they actually closed in the month of April. Uh, so that number 711 is down 7.8% from the previous year, right? Considering, considering, you know, what we've been through in April uh, in the last six weeks, that's, you know, in my opinion, that's a very strong number. Um, you know, the rest of the country, I think most markets have been hit harder than that. Uh, for us being down 7.8% in a single family home area is, is pretty, pretty minor. Um, now here's, let's break it down a little bit further though. Let's look at previously owned. If you look at resales, um, they were down 14% for the month of April. Okay. And if you look at new construction, look at that, Greg, they were up 4.7%. Yep. So new construction homes, mm -hmm. um, actually sold more this April than they sold last April. Okay. And, 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 and I'd love to get your opinion on that. I'll, I'll tell you what, what I'm thinking. Um, you know, so a couple of things, number one, with, with COVID-19 and, and the fear of coronavirus, it's been difficult to get people to go into homes that are occupied, right? Yeah. So new construction, you don't have that problem. Number two, the inventory for, for new construction homes right now is, is at such a high level. And then also with their incentive that they, they're given out, a lot of people were flocking to that um, and were able, were buying uh, new construction homes through the month of April at a much stronger rate than, than resales. So 54%, of every single sale for the month of April was a new construction relative to um, to a resale. What are your what are your thoughts there? Yeah, yeah. First of all, I agree with your your analysis, and what I would add to that, Abe, is that um, you know a lot of owners make the mistake and they look at their property's value, and let's just say again, I'm gonna I'm using a number, uh, two hundred thousand. And they say, well, I'm priced at 200,000, but the new construction, you know, they're at 225,000. But see, what, what, what a lot of people don't understand is as developments, they never like to reduce their price, but they're more than willing to reduce the cost for the buyer. So let me tell you the difference between an advertised price for a, a, a new home and the average cost for a new home. So if the advertised price is 225, they never move that because they don't want the five people they just sold a home to in the last two weeks to come back into the sales office and say, oh my gosh, we just paid you 225. Now you reduced it to 210,000. That like that causes an uproar inside of the new development, right? So what they do is they keep the advertised price the same, but when a buyer goes into the new development, then they offer them, we'll give you $5,000 for upgrade allowance, we'll give you $10,000 in closing costs, and we'll go ahead and pay your attorney's fee and the appraisal fee. Next thing you know, you take all of those costs, that might be $17,000. So the 225 advertised price that we see out there might be significantly less 
than $225,000. It could be $215,000, could be $213,000, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden, People are wondering, why are people paying more for new construction when they could buy my house? They may not be paying more. Right. It's There's a perception out there that they are. So that that, that is one of the things that's going on. And, and builders really jumped on this really fast. They must have anticipated there would be a slowdown. They looked at the inventory levels and figured out their inventories were a little higher than they were comfortable with considering the economic uh, economic position or and health positions we are in the country. And they decided they were going to lower the cost that they, that it was going to lower the, the amount that an agent or the a, a buyer was going to have to pay for the property, but not lower the price tag. Right. It doesn't and, cheapen their product, but they get more sales. Yeah. And, and again, this is really critical for real estate agents to be able to explain this to a client uh, because you could be looking at things that are really that, that the perception is one thing, but the reality is another thing. And then you sit there and wonder, why in the world am I not selling? And Absolutely. The reason. All right. Well, let, let's look at, so the next leading indicator, right, that we're going to, that's going to trickle into next month is, is pendings. So now look at what happened to pending. So we're down 22.2% in pendings. So 692 properties, homes, uh, this is both new construction and resale uh, pending. So that is going to lead into May. So what we should see numbers down in the month of May um, as well for closings, right? So down 22%. Look at resale. Here's a big number there. So down 31%. And again, that goes back to a lot of people don't did not want to go into homes that are occupied. Um, mm -hmm. That hence the big 30% uh, drop in pendings in, in resales. And then look at the new construction. They were down 6.8%. So towards yeah. the... Towards the, later in the month, um, less and less people were, were looking, uh, even for new construction. So overall, uh, down 22% as far as pendings. Uh, but here's one thing I want to I want to look at that's really interesting. Um, look at the month supply. So right now, when we look at single-family homes in the market, we're at a 4.8 uh, month supply. So that means if we had no more inventory hit the market in 4.8 months, we would sell out of every single home on the market. Mm -hmm. Anything below a six, Greg, is, is considered a seller's market. Um, anything above a six becomes a, a buyer's market. Six is, is the borderline for a neutral market pretty much. Yeah. But but check this out. So look at this number. I mean, I haven't seen 4.4 in a very, very long time. So this is this is uh, resales, right? You, you alluded to um, how low inventory is right now for resales. It's down 20%. So we only have a 4.4 month supply of inventory for resale. Uh, homes. Yeah. Um, we have to go all the way back. God, we got to go way back. So all the way to December of 2007, we were at 4.2. And ever since then, we haven't seen anywhere near that. And, and now we're back at that level. And when we look at new construction, new construction uh, inventory was actually a, a, is up. You got a 5.4 month supply. So I yeah. think that's what the uh, that's what the builders are feeling. They're feeling like, okay, we've got all this inventory out there. The market is slow. Who knows whether we're going to go into a deep recession or not. And that's why I think they're doing the um, the incentives right now to get people to to get rid of some of this inventory. Yeah. And that, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, you know, if I would tell anybody that listens to this, that if you're, if you're thinking about selling, 
you know, at, at the end of the day, let's take a motion aside and just look at it from an investment standpoint. And and I know people's homes are their homes and their their castles and it's where they raise their families. So it's not it's not just an investment. But if we just set some of the emotional side uh, emotions aside for a moment and look at the financials, there's no question that anything that you're going to sell a home, a condo, a bike, a car, a boat, you know, anything you sell. The, the you're going to get the most money for the for the item when supply is low and demand is still there. And what we saw is the absorption rate where there's 4.8 months of supply. You know, um, that's what it was. And now it's 4.4 months of supply. Even though you think that's really small of, a, of movement, it's telling you that the market is still trending for residential homes. It's still trending to be a strong seller's market. Now, what we don't know is what we, is when we get through some of this COVID-19, are there a bunch of properties that sellers want to sell that when they feel more comfortable showing the property, they're going to then dump them on the market. And then all of a sudden we could see, you know, better sellers market, better sellers market, stronger sellers market. And then all of a sudden we could see now more inventory coming on. And then as more inventory comes on, we start moving more towards um, either a neutral market or we flip over into a buyer's market again. Don't have a crystal ball, right. but we want to equip you with the information um, like this so you can make sound decisions for yourself if you're thinking about either buying or selling. That, that's, a, that's a great point. So that's a number I'm looking at every single day and you and I in communication at that. So the same way that there's pent up demand right now on the buyer side that they're waiting for things to open up, there's a there's some pent up demand on the seller side. We just don't know what how bad it is because there's a lot of people that are waiting, don't want to sell their, they don't, don't want to show their home right now during during this crisis yeah so we don't know how big how big uh that pool is and yeah we'll see we'll see when things start to clear up a little bit and how much inventory goes up at that point yeah but yeah ideally right now you know 4.4 months supply is like insane uh, yeah. definitely a seller's market no, all right no. let's uh let's jump over to condos real quick and let's uh let's see what that looks like So when we look at the condo market, let me switch over real quick to condos. Okay, close sale. So now here, I mean, this this has been significantly different yeah. right, as far as condos. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, oceanfront condos specifically here in a little bit. But look at the close sales for the month of April, down 41.6%. So only 341 close sales for the month of April. Um, we're not going to dive into new construction and, and, and resales because there really is not a whole lot of uh, new construction on condos. So let's just go straight to pendings. Now look at this number. So that means 54 down 54.7% uh, the number of pendings, only 273 pendings in the whole month of April. So when it comes to May, we're going to see significantly low number as far as closed sales. And then let's look at inventory up 9.3%. We're almost at a neutral market. So we've been in a seller's market for a very long time right now. Yeah. All, all the way since right there, since July of 2017, we dipped into a seller's market and it's been in that range this whole time. And now, you know, for the first mm -hmm. time, I think uh, the next time these numbers come out, we're going to dive into a neutral market. If not, it's already a neutral 5.96. I mean, to me, it's a neutral market at this point. It might go into a um, a a buyer's market 
uh, soon. So that that that's yeah. concerning right there. That's a big that that's really big news. And again, everybody who listens to to this has to determine. Okay, what does this mean for them? Beyond the data, it's like okay, do you take action on this data? The likelihood, the likelihood is that we're going to continue to see inventory rise in the condo market, which then flips it into a buyer's uh, uh, market. Now, the, the challenge right now is that we're having one of those uh, uh, interesting years where we don't know exactly what the rental income is going to look like, right? So you got condo owners that have some stresses right now, that rental income is likely going to be significantly less at the end of the year. Their net numbers are probably going to be a lot less and could turn into some negative numbers when it comes to holding costs of these condos. At the same time, that buyers are looking at that information and they're saying, hey, I don't know if I can pay that price anymore since that's the type of rental income. Now, as a seller, you don't want to hear that, but you got to understand the buyers have their own perception of what's going on. Sellers like to look, by the way, at past sales and, um, and buyers like to look at what they feel is going to be in the future for them because they're going to hold it into the future. They're going to own it in the future. So they like to see what's the future look like to determine what they're going to pay for a property. The seller is not going to own it in the future. So the seller doesn't care about the future. They like to just judge the past and come up with a logical price based on past data. So there's a difference, right? Buyers are looking through one angle and um, sellers are looking at a different angle. The thing is, is we're starting to see right now that there could be a shift moving into a buyer's market. Now it doesn't happen overnight. It's not going to, it's, it's like, don't go out and have to do something tomorrow because we say that there is something looming in the future, but it's just important that you know this because if I was an owner of a condo and I thought, you know, I think I'm going to sell it sometimes towards the end of the year. If I said that, I would not be waiting to the end of the year because the chances are that the inventory is going to pass that uh, that six month uh, absorption rate, go significantly further than that. And that's going to then influence pricing. So if somebody wanted to sell the, the, the time that you sell and maximize your price is when you're in the neutral or and you're below the you're at six or, or below six uh, months of absorption. So that's what I want people to take from this. Yeah, and let me add to that as well. I mean, for the people that are thinking, yeah, let me wait till after the summer, that's usually an argument people give you with rental properties because you get a significant amount of rental income between now and, and end of August, right? Yeah. But with this year, it's a little bit, it's going to be different, right? We're not expecting anywhere near what a normal rental season is going to be, right? Most people out there are thinking if we get 40% of a normal year, are going to be happy with that. So yeah. you don't you don't have that... Um, that that carrot to hold on to that okay well let me let me get these these rental income these next four months and then sell at that point so yeah I mean absolutely like right now I would move up my uh, my timeline to, to to a little bit to closer to where we are now uh, and, and oceanfront condos uh, I, I looked at this number yesterday there's about there's fourteen hundred and nineteen I think fourteen hundred and change uh, yeah. on the market right now they're either oceanfront or ocean view buildings of condos for sale only one hundred and thirty nine or one hundred thirty seven we're on the contract. It was like 9%, which is, which is insane. Uh, and, but when you look at what's happening, I mean, you can imagine nobody wants to buy a condo right now, not knowing what the, the rental season is going to look like, you know, but it kind of shows you 
But what does uh, what, that compare to? So nine to ten percent are under contract, but in a normal market, isn't that number around twenty, tw a little bit over twenty, or somewhere around twenty percent? It is. When we look at the overall condo market, typically twenty-eight percent, roughly anywhere from twenty-six to twenty-nine percent of what's on the market usually is under contract. Right. Yeah, so a little, a little bit over a quarter. And then right now, when we look at the overall condo market, we're somewhere around eighteen or nineteen percent. So about a third drop. Um, but that that weighs all condos. When you break down oceanfront specifically, it's even it's even uglier um, yeah. to look at. Yeah. So that number is why we're starting to see the months of supply creeping up. Right. It's not because you know it, it's not a supply issue that's 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 turning that number. It's a demand issue that's turning that number up. Right. So we're collecting supply as the demand has decreased a little bit. Right. Okay. So, so I, I'm more I'm more uh, I, I'm pretty optimistic on our single family. home, And I've said this a few times in other videos. I'm pretty optimistic on single family homes. Yeah. Um, obviously, we can't predict the future, but there's still a lot of demand in this area for homes. There's a lot of people still moving here, relocating in this market. I think we're going to be OK. I, I'm, I'm not so optimistic on the condo market. I, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it, it turns around and, and things are good. But uh, I'm a little bit concerned about the condos. Um, yeah. going forward. But we'll we'll see how the next couple of weeks play out. Yeah. All right, Abe. Well, I think this is another great uh, update that we're uh, sharing with our with our audience. Uh, um, any last final words before we... No, uh... no I think I'm good. You? Okay. Well, you know, please, uh, you know, tune into this. We're going to be doing this every week. Right now, we have it on schedule for Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern time that we go live. Of course, you can see on the Myrtle Beach Real Estate TV Facebook page, You can these recordings will always be there. We're also creating a lot of additional content that we're putting on Myrtle Beach Real Estate TV um, videos out there. And, and we have a YouTube channel, of course, Myrtle Beach Real Estate TV, where we're breaking down the real estate transactions, sharing with you, you know, all the ins and outs of all aspects of real estate. You know, whether it be what kind of updates should you do, what updates should you not do before selling, um, you know, uh, what 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 additions can you um, or updates can you make to your home to increase the price um, that you get for your home from a marketing standpoint, details on contracts. Should you get a home warranty? Should you get an inspection? All of those things we're creating video content and we're placing them on this uh, YouTube channel as well as um, Facebook uh, page. So please. Pay attention, um, you know, join the subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can get updates of uh, or notifications whenever we do produce additional content. Abe, once again, great job and thank you so much. We'll Absolutely. Have a wonderful day. Take care, guys.